Go ahead and do a brief introduction of Dr. Haifa Yunus. Uh, she is the founder and chairman of Jannah Institute. She teaches seminars on the thematic commentary of the various chapters of the Holy Quran and their practical relevance in our day-to-day -day living. She is passionate about spreading the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and igniting the love of Islam and the Quran through her teachings. Today, Dr. Haifa will be discussing, discussing crucial topics of navigating life as a confident Muslim. Welcome, Dr. Haifa Yunus, VRIC's visiting scholar. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Is that norm every Friday? MashaAllah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, لِلذَّكَرِ مِتْلُ حَظِّ الْأُنْثَيَيْنِ The man usually inherits double the woman, right? Looks like in lectures it's the opposite. So alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Bismillah wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana. Innaka sami'un mujibu dua. Allahumma ni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa' wa qalbin la yakhsha' wa nafsin la tashba' wa dua'in la yusma' Rabbana la tuzuk qulubana ba'da idh hadaytana wa hablana min ladunka rahma innaka antal wahab Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassalli amri wa ahlul uqdata min lisani yafqahu qawli Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen This is my first program as your visiting scholar May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make me worthy of these titles and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you more and give you more knowledge and more important than knowledge as most of you if not all of you know is that we walk the talk as i always say one of the first statements i learned from my teachers is walk the talk because we attend a lot of lectures a lot of programs you live in a city you don't know because you live in dallas but i live in california it's called the mecca of knowledge of the states that's how it is everybody talks about dallas when there was a debate whether I'm moving to Dallas or staying back in Irvine, and Irvine won at the end. The question was, why do you want to move to Dallas? They have everybody there, which is true. But that's also bring with it a lot of responsibility because what are you doing with all this knowledge you have, with all these institutes, with, with all these visiting scholars, let alone your resident scholars. So let's first, all of us, put this as my daily theme, as a person who lives in Dallas, a man, young man, young woman, or woman, know the ni'mah that Allah gave you. If you don't know what Allah gave you, and you take it granted, for granted, sooner or later, you know what will happen. What will happen? Anybody can answer me, both sides. Allah will take it away. Because he will say, you know what? They don't know the value. Fine, I'll take it away and I'll give it to somebody else. So when I come to this masjid and I travel almost every weekend to everywhere, including in the world, my expectation here is way higher. So I definitely am raising the bar in this, especially in VRIC. The bar has to be much higher, not only in knowledge, which means when I ask, you will answer me, but in practice. So exactly, when we enter the masjid, again, brothers and sisters, we enter the masjid, what do we feel? What is this place? How do I behave? How do I sit? How do I talk? I don't need someone to remind me, no food or drink. I'm not going to do it. It's the house of Allah. I have heard so many lectures. I have this and that. So the bar is already raised for you people of Dallas, especially the RIC. Be up to it. Be up to it. 
And again, when you travel somewhere else, more than welcome can come and visit us in Irvine. Then you will see where, how much Allah gave you and how many people are trying to follow you. Everyone says, and I'm, I'm, again, it's very nice to have an outsider. There is two masajid where it is the Mecca that all the masajids go and says, go and see what they are doing. One of them is you. My president, the president of the Islamic Center of Irvine, where I am now the resident scholar, texted me and says, when are you coming next time? I want to come and see what is this VRIC. And it is not about the beauty. This is way more beautiful. But there's a lot of beautiful masajid also. The beauty, the place doesn't make things special. It's the people inside. The people of Mecca were Quraysh, but it is the believers who made Mecca special. So hopefully all of you, everybody, and especially the youth who are growing up in this ni'mah, you will be different, and Allah will expect different from you. Did I raise the bar already? Ya Rabbi Hameen. Alhamdulillah. So I love the topic. I didn't choose it, by the way. I'm a guest, so I have to honor the host. What is a confident Muslim? Now, you, some of you may are used to my style, and I'm going to share it with the brothers too. We're going to talk. If I will talk only after five, ten minutes, you'll be bored. And you say, you know what? I'm going to go home and listen to her on YouTube. What is a confident Muslim mean? One, and if you don't mind, raise your hands. I'll take one from the sister, one from the brother. What is a confident Muslim mean? So to live up a confident Muslim, to live up your Islamic value. Anyone from the brothers? Anybody want to define it? Have you ever thought of this? Am I a confident Muslim? Are you a confident Muslim? Are you? So you need to look at what confident and what a Muslim. Muslim we all know externally. Al-Muslim, we all know what is Islam, the famous hadith of Sayyidina Jibreel, and tu'min billah and tashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah wa tuqimu salah wa tu'ti zakah wa tasum radhan wa tahujju al-bayt inna istata'ata ilayhi sabila. You know the five pillars of Islam that everybody is, know, or everybody should know, which is basically Bear witness, Allah is one, and then you perform salah, you do zakah if you are eligible, and you fast Ramadan if you can, and you go to hajj. Is that what we mean by the confident Muslim? There's way more. And if I and you and we do number two, so I'm going to divide it in one and two. One is the confident. Two is the Muslim. If I am the true two, the confident is, is taken, is, is granted. Are you all with me? What, the, what, what, what does this mean? Who is the real Muslim? I'm not talking about the external. I'm not talking about the external. If, all, if it's only the external, then there is no need to discuss this topic because we are all the external. We're sitting in the masjid. There has to be more than that. The real Muslim is, and I highly recommend everybody here, Again, I'm raising the bar for you. Is just, just Google or go and read. How did the Rasul in different hadiths define the Muslim? For example, Al Muslim, that's the hadith, Man Salim al Muslimuna min Yadihi walisane. The real Muslim is the Muslim who the Muslims feel safe 
from his or her tongue and hand. Meaning, again, as I always remind myself and everybody, what does this mean for me living now? Meaning, when I come to this masjid, whether I entered from that door or I entered from this door or from the back, when I see you and you are the true Muslim number two, I am not worried that she will hurt me or he will hurt me or I am going to hear something that is hurtful, whether directly to me or whether to another person. Whether by saying, whether by acting, whether by the way I pray, whether I'm bringing my children with me to the masjid, may Allah bless the children, but I'm not going to hurt the other people. Whether my children cries and then I leave them, whether I'm getting my phone with me and the phone is ringing and I leave it. So number one, am I the real Muslim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants me? When I am going to be standing in front of him and all of us will, am I going to see, Ya Rabbi, this is me. This is what you wanted and I worked on it and here I am. So here you go. Woman ahsanu deen, and Allah described the deen here as Islam, but it is not the way I and you know. Woman ahsanu deen, mimman aslama wajhahu lillahi wa huwa muhsin. Who is better a Muslim than who take Islam as his or her religion? Wa huwa muhsin. Two things. The real Islam, my beautiful sisters and dear brothers, is you submit to the will of Allah. You all know what this means, but it is not easy to understand and practice. Whatever Allah wants me to do, I, my answer is, who can answer me? It's a verse in the Quran. Samirna. Allah said, you're going to move to Dallas. Allah said, you're staying in California. Allah said, you're not going to have children. Allah said, you will not get married. Allah said this. Allah said that through his actions and qadr. My answer is, sami'na wa ata'na. Majority of us, humanity, we are part of it. Living in this day and age of technology and everything is under my control. I think finding this very difficult. So the confident, before the confidence comes in, I need to, to be the real Muslim first. And again, I'm going deeper. I'm not getting externally. Externally, alhamdulillah, we are all. That's, there's no doubt about that. But the reality of a Muslim, because if I am the real Muslim, sami'na wa ata'na, confidence follow, like your baby follows you. That's number one. Now come to the confidence, and then I'm going to share with you some examples from the real confident Muslims. So we can compare. Maybe we are, and maybe we need some improvement, or we need a lot of improvement. So what is confidence? Who can define confidence for me? This is not Islamic. What is confidence? Anybody? Yes. It's a simple question, right? Yeah, this is what we need. We need simplicity. And just think of the word. What is simple? What is confidence? Being unapologetic. It's a very dangerous word, Hadi. I'm glad you said it. Yes? About what? So unapologetic about being a Muslim. There's a fine line between confidence and 
arrogance. This is exactly what I wanted to get to, and alhamdulillah, you said it. Very fine line. When I stand up in, let's say, in an interfaith, and I'm sure you have this here, and I say Islam is the truth, I come out as arrogant. I'm confident. It's true inside me, but I came out as an arrogant. When I, if I'm practicing externally the way we are as sisters, alhamdulillah, the brothers, you come five times to the masjid, fajr especially, and then you look down at somebody for whatever the reason, Allah not yet blessed them with this, that I'm not confident, I'm arrogant. It's a very fine line. Very fine line. And this is sometimes us people of masajid, May Allah make us truly people of masajid. That Allah will look at us on day of judgment and says, Innama ya'amuru masajid Allah. Truly the, those people who will flourish and build the masjid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah make us not build only by men, money and donation, but by presence. So be careful. Always ask yourself, am I confident or am I arrogant? I'm give you, I'll give you a practical example of a confident Muslim. How many of you, and this is to the brothers, you travel frequently? How many brothers here travel frequently for business, or you live here and family lives somewhere else? Can I see hands? Not, okay, طيب. And how many sisters? Right, do you pray in, in, the, in the airport? Right, then you're confident. You're not worried about somebody is looking at you. A lot of people are. Or what they will say. That's confidence. Did you get my point? Confidence is, I know two things. I know. I know what I am doing is right, not because it's my opinion. And I studied, and I have this degree and that degree. Because he said so. And who's he? I want to hear it. With capital H. And number two, the most important, that's why I asked about the prayer in the, in the airport or in public places. I am 110% sure he will never let me down. Never let me down. That's confidence. Confidence has nothing to do with other people, what they are doing. It's absolutely related to me, to me. I'll give you one example from the Quran, not about a Muslim. Of course, he's Muslim by the general name of Islam, but he came way before Nabi alayhi salatu And that's Sayyidina Sulaiman, right? Sayyidina Sulaiman, what is the uniqueness about Sayyidina Sulaiman? Who can tell me? He's a prophet, I know, he's a prophet. What is special about him as a prophet? He was very, he was very rich. He made a dua. Rabbi habli mulkan la yambaghi li ahadim min ba'di innaka anta al-wahab. He made a dua for himself. Anybody wants to be rich, don't go right and left. What kind of a business I'm going to do? What's investment? Go to the source and make the dua of Sayyidina Sulaiman. Rabbi habli mulka, ya Allah, give me a sovereignty that nobody after me will have it. 
And then he didn't say, well, maybe, maybe not. He said, You are the one who gives without asking and gives when you give without people asking and without expecting back. Immediately after he said that, what is the next immediately? This is in Surah Sad. Immediately Allah used fa. Fa is a letter in the Arabic language, meaning it is happening immediately. Thumma, so those of you who know Arabic, thumma meaning it happened, but it's after a while. This one right away. What did what happened? Sakharna The wind follows him. Why? It's not hurricane, no destruction. On the contrary, wherever he goes, the wind behind him, and then there is a prosperity where he is. When he made the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, was he confident? I want to hear it. In what? In, raise one, one person. What was he confident about? Two things. Two things, nothing about him. I did it. I deserve it. He, he knew Allah is hearing him. Make the dua and you are confident. Have certainty that Allah will respond. So number one, he asked Allah something impossible. But he knew Allah is hearing him. And number two, he knows Allah will do it. And number three, and it's a subtle meaning, because he used the name of Allah, Al-Wahhab. He didn't put Al-Razzaq. And this is something you all have to learn when you read the Quran. Why this name, Ya Allah? Because when you say Wahhab, when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala gives something, it's usually related to Allah, doesn't mean you deserve it. It could be you don't deserve it at all, but Allah give it. The confident Muslim, now back to this day and age, and I'm here speaking to the youth. Anybody here, how many people are in college here? College students, not many. How about high school? High school, how many in? Yeah, okay, high school. You live in Texas, it's a, pl it's a plus. Me coming from California. We have way more challenges than you have. The confident Muslim, they stand up wherever they are, wherever Allah put them, and they know when they are in that choice between practicing Islam physically or saying things pleasing to Allah in the best way versus going with the flow. That is the confident Muslim. I, I had this last weekend, I was in Minnesota, and a, a first year college student came to me and says, Sheikha, the first day in, in school, in class, her professor looked at all the students and said the following, and she said he was looking at me. She was the only Muslim in that class. That's why I asked who's in college. And he said the following, I want every student in this class to use pronoun. And you know what's pronoun? 
Yes, everybody? He, his, her, she. And he was looking at her. And he said it three times, looking at her. Now the confident Muslim is under the radar, under the test. And she came to me and she says, what should I do? This is your confidence, your yaqeen, certainty in Allah has been tested. And I said, the first thing you should turn to Allah, al-Wahhab. The first thing the confident Muslim is not what you say and do. It's your relationship with him. You turn to him and says, Ya Allah, I don't want to do or say anything that's not pleasing to you. Show me how I'm going to handle this. With the certainty, that's the certainty of Sayyidina Sulaiman. He's listening. He will do it. He'll show you. He'll guide you. So that's number one. And number two, you go and explain it in a very nice, confident way that this is not something we as Muslims say simply because there is, we, we don't need to do that. And I want in a lot of details, but that's not the, the point. The point is, confident Muslim is the Muslim who knows it's the truth, but don't say it, but act by it. Nothing, nothing sway you right and left. So if everybody doing this, and this is what Islam wants me, alhamdulillah, that's great. But if everyone doing something, and Islam says, no, now I need to find excuses to, do, to be fit in, confident Muslim. So Sayyidina Sulaiman, the second test to Sayyidina Sulaiman, and I brought Sayyidina Sulaiman because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him all what we all want in this dunya. When they wanted to lure him, Queen of Saba, Sheba, she wanted to sway him, right? She did consultation with her people. Says, okay, people, my people, tell me what should I do? He sent me this letter and he wants us to be Muslims. And the people said, you decide, you are, you are the leader. Now she used the trick that many of us get tested this day and age. She said, let me try this trick. I'm gonna send him a gift. And what kind of a gift? She's the queen of Sheba. How did he respond? You do this, that is not what Allah wants me to do, but I'm gonna get this. So it's okay, let's do it just one time. I'm not the confident Muslim. What did he respond? You're trying to lure me with money? This is exactly how you read it. What? Do you think I'm going to change my mind because you're going to give me money? Now the confident Muslim in the unseen. What Allah has is way better than what you are giving me. The confident Muslim is the Muslim who knows or Muslima, who knows, as you are seeing it, as you're seeing Jannah, not hearing or imagining, seeing that Allah, 
And I want everyone, if you're writing, write this statement. We'll never, ever let you down. As long as you are pleasing him and doing what he wants you to do. And that's what he did. Being confident doesn't mean I'm not gonna take the means. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna look and see how should I prove my point? And that's what Sayyidina Sulaiman did. I want to do something. That's what he was thinking. I want to do something to impress her and tell her I am better, meaning we are better. And he looked at his people and started planning. Confident Muslim, when you are in that school, when you are in that job, when you are in that company, don't be shy to say who you are. Don't, don't say, and I actually had again that question last week. I just can't fast on Monday and Thursday. And I said, why? They said, literally, this question came to me. And the questioner said, because every Monday we have a meeting in the company at lunchtime, and the managers bring lunch. And I said, and? She said, I feel uncomfortable telling people I'm fasting. And I said, why? Why? And I said, I work, from the word I, but I had my office and finally I worked in a hospital and then every Monday I'm fasting. So this is usually very common on Monday meetings and things. So you go to the manager, she brings the food. And I said, of course I want the food, but I'm not eating with you. I'll take it home and I'll eat after sunset. First time everybody looking at me, why? That's your opportunity to teach people about Islam. I said, I fast Monday and Thursday. Why Dr. Yunus? I said, because we are, we Muslim, believe that our deeds is presented to Allah, weekly deed presented to Allah on Monday and Thursday. And the most beloved deed to Allah is fasting and he will be happier when I present my deed and I am fasting. Is that, does that make anybody uncomfortable? Did you not explain it the right way, in the nice way? And they accepted. Now, every Monday, the food is on the side. And says, Dr. Yunus, your food after sunset. Why? That's a question I'm throwing it to everybody, especially the youth. Why do you want to be like everybody else? Why not everybody else like me? And this is what Sayyidina Umar asked the Rasul You all, I'm sure, know the story. When they went, they called Sulh al-Hudaybiyyah, the Hudaybiyyah Treaty. So basically, story short, long short, they decided that they are going to Mecca for Umrah and everybody was wearing the, um, the ihram and they're going. Rasul Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar was with them. Right, and then, then the negotiation, and they prevented them from going to Umrah, and they reached the treaty. If you read the treaty, and I'm sure this was discussed in this masjid, when you read, when you read the rules that the Rasul signed externally, why? This is putting us down. Nobody could say anything because that's a Rasul Who stood up and asked? Anybody knows? I want to hear it. Sayyidina Umar. And he said the following. 
confident Muslim. Pay attention. He said, Ya Rasulullah, Alasta Nabiullah, aren't you the Nabi? And he was upset, not for himself, he was upset for the deen. Because if you read it externally, it is an insult to the, to the Muslims. And Rasul said, yes. Are, are we not on the right path? He said, yes. Didn't you promise us that you're taking us to Mecca? And then I'll tell you what he said later on in his life. And Rasul he didn't get upset. He didn't tell him, how dare you ask me this question. He said, did I say this year? And Sayyidina Umar didn't say a word. Later on, he used to make a lot of istighfar to Allah because of the way he asked the Rasul Many lessons from this incident. You ask because you care about this deen. Not because you are un not confident and you're not sure and why everybody else is not doing it. Because you care about this deen. But when you are wrong, this is what I want to come now. When you are wrong, then you need to admit you are wrong. Otherwise, I am arrogant. The confident Muslim believe or Muslima believe he or she are human beings. And human beings makes mistakes. There's a famous statement or a quote from the 1800, to err is a human. To err is a human. Sign that you are human is you make mistakes. Even if I and you are the best Muslims, we make mistakes. Our Rasul those of you who were in the second Jumu'ah, may Allah reward the khatib, quoted Abasa wa Tawalla. Right? The verse in the Quran where Rasul made a mistake. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reprehended him in the Quran that I and you reading it right now. There's nothing wrong with that. When you make a mistake, you say I did it and apologize. Apologize. Don't be defensive. Don't say this and that. Because otherwise you are now moving to arrogance. So if I am reading, let's say the imam is here and he made a mistake in the qira'ah, which is very common, right? And someone corrected him. The sign the imam is confident Muslim, accept it, correct it, finish the salah, and look at the brother and says, Jazakallah khair. Then I'm confident. Because I know who I am and my ability. Did you all get me? The confident is not arrogant, I'm always right. Who are you to teach me? Right? Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, you all know. He, the, uh, 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 an entourage from Yemen came to visit him. The leader of the entourage was 10 years old. And Sayyidina Umar was surprised. Yani they didn't find the older person. So he asked him, the 10-year-old, he said, you are their leader? There's a lot of men behind him. He said, yes. The boy, the confident Muslim, now he's in front of Sayyidina Umar, Ibn Abdul Aziz. So he felt that Sayyidina Umar is asking him because he's too young. What is that? 
And he said, and Sayyidina Umar was young also, relatively as a leader. So he said to him, is the leader, I'm just paraphrasing, is the leader by age or the leader, 10 year old, is the leader by age or the leader by qualification? Is that confidence? I want to hear it. Is Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz confident or arrogant? Hasha. If a 10-year-old look at you or me and answer this way, how will I take it? 10 years of age. Sayyidina Umar said, by the meaning again, by qualification. You know what the 10-year-old answered? He said, that's why you are the leader of the believers and you are not the oldest one. Is that confidence? That's what we need. What we need, as I says, al-hujja al-baligha, as Allah said it, falillahi al-hujja al-baligha. We all, all need to be proud without arrogance, confident without arrogance, believe in what we believe truly, without being arrogant, and I'm fo focusing on our arrogance, because I see it, and may Allah protect me, number one, and all of us. Confident, you are strong. They come together. And you live by this hadith of Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam. Al-mu'min al-qawi khayrun wa ahabbu ila Allah min al-mu'min al-da'if. The strong believer, more beloved, and more preferred to Allah than the weak believer. But both there is goodness in them. Sign of strength is not being loud. Sign of strength is not being arrogant and dominant. Sign of strength is not you never apologize and you never make a mistake. It's on the contrary. As Rasul when they came to him and took his opinion about the tree in Medina, and some of you may know the story, and then another man came to him and says, no, Ya Rasulullah. Then he said, the people of Medina, they know better than me. Confident. Now, the, 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 I call it the million dollar question. Where does the confidence come from? Who can answer me? Or basically, how do I become confident Muslim? Yes. Faith in Allah. Absolutely. Before and after the faith of Allah, what do I need? What do I need? Knowledge. Knowledge in what? Knowledge of deen, that's a huge word. Yani only the scholars who are here are the confident Muslim. Yani, that doesn't apply to us. Otherwise, why we are talking? What kind of knowledge that every Muslim and Muslimah need to know, number one, before even salah and siyam and everything? The brothers are too quiet. <laughs> you need to know who is he? Who is Allah? Who is Allah? So when you turn to him and says, Ya Allah, protect me. 
Ya Allah, give me. Ya Allah, make me stronger. You know he hears and give and able to do. The confident Muslim is not the Muslim or Muslima. That when they need something, they're going to try everything they know. And then when nothing works, they turn to Allah and says, Ya Allah, please do it. I tried everything. That's not. You put him, may Allah forgive me, put him the last resort. That's not the confident Muslim. The confident Muslim is the Badr. That's why everybody refer to before and after Badr, they say. Or the Sahabi, Shahida Badr. That companion wasn't Badr. That he's a different. Why? There were 300 versus 1,000. But they were confident. With all the confidence, still Rasulullah, the night of the battle, tomorrow is the battle. What was he doing all night? Making dua. You all know this. And what kind of a dua? The dua that is described one of the ways we learned what is the etiquette of dua, where is your hand in dua, is they refer to his dua during the night of Badr. And what did he say? If you will not, said this to Allah, if you will not give this small group victory, who will worship you on this earth? Look even at the dua. If you will not give, if you are not going to give victory to this small group, 300, who will worship you? So if every woman feels uncomfortable and unco not confident to show herself as the true Muslima outside, who's going to do it? And if every brother can't say, I'm a Muslim, I can't do this, I can't do that, because I'm a Muslim, who's going to do it? We need to become and move and work on us becoming a confident Muslim. How many of you were here in, during September 11? Right. So majority of you were not here. That's when the confident Muslim was tested. You were not here. I was actually going to the, I was in labor and delivery that day. And I remember I looked at the screen and I was like, and then the nurse looked at me and says, Dr. Yunus, do you know what happened? And I was looking and the second plane hit the tower. Tell us, and everybody remember this, what we went through. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested us. Be confident, be sure. And I will end up with this so I can leave some time for questions and answers. Be like Sayyidah Hajar. Woman and brothers and men. When Sayyidina Ibrahim left her alone in the middle of nowhere with the baby, Ismail, that they were waiting, or Ishaq, no, Ismail, this one, when they were waiting for him for years. And he couldn't even look back because he couldn't. He was walking. He was moving. Because Allah told him, leave. And, and she says, you're leaving us here? Are you leaving us here? No answer. Are you leaving us here? Basically, death penalty. And he didn't answer. Three times. Finally, the confident Muslimah. She asked the famous question. Allahu amaraka? Did Allah order you? 
Did Allah order you? And he said, yes. Allah, by Allah is Allah. He said, yes. She said, go. Allah will never let us down. That's the confident Muslimah. That's the confident Muslim. I need this. The best way to get there, one is dua. Ask Allah. We need to ask Allah for dunya, but let's make akhirah. And Islam is also part of my dua. Ya Allah, anta al-qawi, qawini. Ya Allah, you are the strong. Make me strong and keep me strong. Ya Allah, teach me how to become strong. When you go first day in college, as you are entering, Ya Allah, teach me how to say the right thing, do the right thing, act the right thing. First day in your work, and your name is Muhammad. Don't change it and make it more. No. It's Muhammad, And be confident and teach them who is he without being arrogant. So dua. And keep asking Allah to keep you going. And number two, learn about the qawi, the aziz, al-jabbar, the one who is going to give you everything and anything you want in the right time that he knows. Two, three, don't give up. We all will fail. We will have the, these moments when we will be afraid, will be weak. That's fine. But get up and keep going and help each other. That's the last one. Help each other, each one. Help each other to be the confident Muslim. Is not impossible. We have many examples before us recently, even now among us. You will see this. I'll end up with this story. It's a true story. In San Diego, a nine-year-old, I think nine or 11, I think 11, because she was in middle school. And everybody was, she wears hijab, and everybody was making fun of her. You know how it is, right? She was bullied right and left. And the last trick they wanted, they said, okay, you know why you're covering? Because you don't have a hair. If truly you have, she said, no, I do. She said, if you truly have hair, show us. 11 year of age. You know what she did? She took all the girls to the bathroom, took off her hijab, and showed them the hair. That's the confident Muslim. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those, Ya Rabbi Ameen. May Allah show us the path. May Allah keep us going. May Allah forgive our shortcomings. May Allah help us to get up when we fail. And he knows the struggles we go we, through. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa ashabi tasliman kathira. Any questions? Yes, please. Wa alaikum assalam. Do we have another mic? Okay, I'll hear her and then I can. Yes. Yes. So a fine line, I'm repeating the question so everybody can hear. A fine line between the confidence and the arrogance. So how do I know, very good question, how do I know I am not arrogant? What is, you said, what is the litmus paper? The litmus paper, two things. One, it is not you and your ability that made you who you are. It's Allah. And when you make a mistake, you acknowledge and apologize.
That's why the dua, when Allah, when somebody prays you publicly, the summary of it, Ya Allah, make me better than what people think of me and forgive what they don't know about me. When you say forgive what they don't know about me, you're acknowledging that you make mistakes. And always, always ask Allah to save you from being arrogant. A'udhu bika min al-ajzi wal You know the hadith, the dua, and then wa min al-su'il kibr. Su'il kibr, either kibr, arrogance, or su'il kibr, being older. And this is one of the athkar we do in the morning and in the evening. Especially when Allah gives you things. We live in a day and age of social media and followers and influencers and all this. Especially when Allah tests you with this. Don't forget you're a human being. As the, the famous poem in Arabic said, And everything above the dust is a dust. So may Allah make it easy. Any question from the brothers? Okay. Any other question? Yes, please. Yes. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. My question is, nowadays there is a group of people that can go to Umrah together. Back in the days, I knew that you have to go with your brother, your husband. Okay, I'm not going to take any fiqh question. The most common question I get is this one. As if we women have no other issues other than this. Honestly, put your priorities, people. We have our children leaving Islam. We have our people struggling with, with practicing. We have the children going to school and they are faced with right and left. We have drugs pandemic in this country, fentanyl death. Focus on the most important things. I'm not saying this is not important, but this is not a priority. This is not a priority. If you sit down with the youth, I never got this question. I give class to the youth every Thursday. I never get this question. What do I get? The commonest question from the youth. How do I fit in? How do I fit in? What do I do with bullying? How do I stay strong? Focus on this. That's what we need. Those the generation, 20 years from now, most of us will not be here. Those will be the leaders. Are they going to be like you here? Is she going to be like you here? Or the dunya and the others pulled them. Focus on that. Focus. I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not a priority, especially in a family night. It is not. Any other question? Sister Haifa. Yes, please. Um, can we... Actually, I'm, I'm here. Oh, uh, can we take the, from the brother? Jazakumullah. Oh, yes. It's okay. Just okay, just to be fair. Bismillah. If our confidence we feel like is weak, what is a healthy way to grow it Islamically? I loved it. I acknowledge that I don't have the confidence of the examples I shared with you. What do I need to do? Number one, as I said, is ask Allah to make you strong. In sujood. Yeah, this is what I always say. Ya qawi qawini. I called Allah by his name, Al-Qawi, the strong. And I wanted this, this character to
to be me. Ya qawi qawini. One, there is no strength, and now I'm taking practicality, without the following, without the five days salah. Without it, I'm struggling. And now I am moving, I want really to be the examples without connection with the book of his, I, wouldn't, I don't call Quran the book of Allah. Of course it's the book of Allah. I call it his words. It has different impact on me when I say his words. This is the three. There is no strength without night salah alone. You and him. Fifth, no strength without failure and acknowledging the failure and getting up and moving on. Six, the yaqeen, the certainty that you can be. You tell yourself you can be. If Allah said so, it will happen. But I just need to be patient and it will happen, bi-idhnillah. And may Allah make it happen, ya Rabbi, ameen. Now back to you. Thank you. What, what, time, what time we have to stop, you're gonna tell me, right? Yes, okay. Bismillah. Sister Haifa, I have two questions. Yes. Uh, so number one, if we have friends and family uh, members very close, if we are together and somebody is indulged in some activities displeasing to Allah, how ah. do we ah. interact without sounding arrogant? Ah. Number two, um, how do we persuade our teenage children, our young boys and girls, to, be to become yes, to become confident and a Muslim too, like both things together in this day and age? This is a whole lecture. <laughs> Next Any time. tip? <laughs> Any tip? We will. So let's start the first one. Um, some of you may know, we are, every Tuesday I do the same, but in uh, Irvine, which we call it, let's understand the Quran. It's, uh, it's live streamed usually. And now we are covering Surah Al-Ankabut. And there is a reason why I chose this, this Surah, right? Many Surahs in the Quran are beautiful. But this one is the challenge Surah. They call it the Surah of Tests, the Surah of Trials. And among the priority of tests is family. Everybody in this room, young and old, you know what I'm saying. When you start practicing Islam, start, meaning I grew up as a Muslim, you know, I know, but I didn't really know what it is. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened my heart and I start learning and I start changing. The number one challenge will be your immediate family and they can be as harsh as possible. And it's very painful. You know why? Because we love them. And because they love us, they're harsh. It's not because they are not, no. But they don't see what you and I are seeing. So here you go. And this is daily test. Friday night, let's go out. Wedding, let's go. This is where you Start putting, who are you, number one, in that family? What is your education? What is your Islamic education? Now, where is your red lines? Because remember, in this deen, there is haram obvious, there is halal obvious, and there's a lot of the doubtful. Many of us don't know. Don't make doubtful haram, because it is not. We don't make haram halal, it is not. And don't make haram doubtful. So what are they doing? Is it haram? Then that's a red line for me. Is it doubtful? Where am I in my journey with Allah and where they are in their journey? If it is halal, you don't like it, let them do it. Give you an example. This is the commonest question I get in this matter. My grandmother lives with me. 
or I go and visit my grandmother or my mother, and the discussion is always backbiting. Does that sound familiar? She talks about her daughter-in-law, their grandchildren, all this. What do I do? Right? And I know this is haram. There is no question about that. And it applies also to the brothers, by the way. Your grandfather, it's always. The, the grandfather talking about his daughter-in-law or talking to the brother about his other son and on and on and on, and it's all haram. There's no doubt. Three options. Number one, can I change the subject? No, you change the subject, she comes back and, and let's continue. Honestly, right? Failed, I call it tactic one failed, right? Tactic two, can you praise that person? No, it's not exactly, oh, you didn't know what they did with me. It was amazing. And you start praising them, failed. Honestly, it's challenging. This is usually when you get family together, Ya Rahman. You really need to have the confident, confidence actually put it on your backpack and move. Third one, and this is, as we say in Arabic, the last medicine is actually, you leave. Well, I can't leave the house. So you're gonna go to the bathroom and you're gonna do the longest wudu of your life. <laughs> Honestly, because you can't, yani, you can't look arrogant you cannot tell your mother this, your mother or grandmother or grandfather or father, this is haram. They will not listen. Oh, now, remember when I raised you? This is what you're going to hear. So be, I don't like the word creative because Allah is the only one who creates, but be smart. But there is red lines. The red lines, I'm not going to sit with a family member if they're drinking alcohol. Even if this is my brother, if this is my father, I'm going to, move and you need to put your red lines you're gonna get a lot of heat in the beginning but then keep confident because that's obvious haram did, did, did i get did i answer you and it is this is the one of the biggest challenges coming to the teenagers this is i'm meeting the youth on sunday it's part of the program if you are not confident your children will not be confident don't ask your children to be something you are not, it's not going to happen. Because then, why do you say what you don't do? And the end, as the poem said, start with yourself and control yourself and prevent yourself from injustice. If you can do it, then you are wise. At this point, when you practice what you preach, people will listen to you and teaching will bring fruits. I can't change my teenagers if I am not. That's one. Don't start teaching them or practicing them at age 14 and 15. Where were you? Where were you when they were two and three and 10 and 12? Once they become, and I say this to all my friends, once they become, these days, 11 and 12. I hate to say this, but it's too late. You need to engrave in them, actually, raising righteous children starts before marriage. Who are you getting married to? 
So this is a long topic. When you reach to the age of 16 and you have no control over them, you still have one weapon, huge one. And what is that? And you are righteous. Because today's Friday, I mean, yesterday was Friday, right? And what did Allah, how did Allah save the two orphans? Because وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا The father was righteous. You become the righteous couple, couple, Allah pleasing. The children are not. The end result is not in your hand. Sayyidina Nuh, his son was kafir. Sayyidina Ibrahim, his father was kafir. But I don't give up on them. I keep making dua. Allah change the hearts. And may Allah protect our youth. Really. And I'm not going to say youth only in this country. Youth global. Because what happens here is all over in the internet and everybody is exposed to. And may Allah make it easy for all of us. Amen. We're done. Alhamdulillah. Jazakumullahu khayran. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha ila an astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh. Sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi tasliman kathira.